Today we are joined by Scott Moore, first year head coach of the Grace Men's Basketball Program. Grace College is located in Winona Lake, Indiana and competes in the Crossroads League. This will be his eighth season as a coach at Grace, serving as an assistant coach for seven years under legendary head coach Jim Kessler. The Lancers experienced success during Moore's tenure. Grace won 20 games in four of Moore's seven seasons as an assistant coach. And more importantly, the Lancers have been named an NAI Scholar Team each year. Coach Moore graduated from Columbia City High School and then continued his basketball career by playing for the Grace Lancers, ending his career number six in all-time career assists. During his senior season, Moore's Lancers finished 26-10 and and made a run to the Elite Eight round in the NAI National Championships. He graduated with a bachelor's degree in secondary education from Grace in 2008 and finished his master's degree in physical education from Ball State University. After graduating from Grace, Moore decided to play professional basketball in Perth, Australia for the Wanneroo Wolves of the State Basketball League. Alongside his twin brother Marcus, the Moore brothers led the Wolves to their best record in franchise history at the time. Scott ranked first in the league in steals and third in assists. In addition to his assistant role at Grace, Moore spent three years as a head assistant at Mount Vernon Nazarene under his brother, Matt Moore. Moore has also experienced tremendous success as the head coach of the Grace women's tennis team. We'll discuss with Coach Moore the trials and joys of stepping in for a legend. We'll also talk about his coaching philosophy, his journey to a head coaching job, as well as a review of this year's Grace Lancers. We'll start in just 30 seconds. And we're back with uh, Coach Moore from Grace College. Welcome, Coach Moore. Thank you very much for having me. Well, Coach, the Crossroads League, <laughs> one heck of a basketball league. Welcome to the NAIA. Yeah, how about a, uh, a way to show up your first year, right? You get a, get a chance to play against about nine other teams that at some point are in the top 25, it seems like, every week. But uh, now we're excited. You know, I, I grew up in this conference. Um, obviously, I know it really well with my older my older brother played at Grace, um, and then my twin brother and I had an opportunity to go to Grace. So, they, honestly, the Crossroads League, uh, which was once called Mid-Central Conference mm -hmm. uh, when we were playing, is kind of – it's all I know. So, it is. It's it's uh it's a grind every single day. It's a grind every single game. Um, it's funny. You talk to some of my other coaching friends, and you know they'll they'll be honest with you. You'll say, hey, you know who do you got this week? And they'll be like, well, finally I can, you know I, I don't have to scout maybe as hard or, or do anything as much prep as before. And I'm sitting here going, man, what are you talking about? If I don't prep, <laughs> I'm gonna get drummed by 30. And even if I do prep, I might get drummed by 30. Um, but it's great. You know what? It's, it's, you know, obviously you, you speak a lot about the cascade. The cascade obviously is a tremendous conference. The GPAC has been tremendous. Um, but just to, you know, be in the conference that we believe is year in and year out. One of, if not the best is, is, is awesome. Oh, it's one, it's one heck of a basketball league. Nobody can argue that you're getting your, you've been in that league as a assistant now for several years, but now you're getting your foot in the water as a head coach. Now, last season, uh, Grace went, I believe, five and thirteen in league, but you did uh, win the last three out of four in crossroad league play. You beat that crosstown rival St. Francis, and then in postseason play uh, in the NCCAA, uh, you won three out of four, and you've got a slew of returners coming back. So, 
could could you talk a little bit about what it's been like the ups and downs of uh, filling the shoes or attempting to fill the shoes of an absolute legend and <laughs> one that to boot you played for and you assisted with uh yeah absolutely he he uh first off everything you read about him is probably true he is he is probably the most genuine um wonderful individual you know basketball you know you talk about coaches and we talk about what you learn and i think if you're in athletics especially college athletics i think most people will have the same story but it's true you know jim kessler to me he taught me about life and as much as i needed to know how to dribble a ball how to shoot a ball how to pass a ball what you don't realize when you're 18 19 years old is he's teaching me how to be a husband you know he's teaching me how to be a businessman um he's teaching me how to be a coach um and and when you're you're 18 i mean let's be honest you care about one thing you just want to win basketball games and just the opportunity that first off that i had to play for coach is something that completely changed my life and I, I think my older brother who played for him could tell you the same. And my twin brother, I think he could tell the same. You, you know, I do. that's probably the number one question I get is talking about filling the shoes of a legend, filling the shoes. How do you feel about replacing? And I, I really, I tell people all the time, I'm not really, I, how can you replace Jim Kessler? You can't. I don't think it's possible. And honestly, I don't think if I'm trying to replace Jim Kessler, I think I've already failed. I think the best part about the situation that I'm walking into is, you know, coach and I, we have the same philosophy. Now it looks a lot different, you know, being 40, 40 years difference in age, things look a little different uh, with how you approach practice or how you approach games or, you know, the clothes they wear, you know, coach didn't care about what clothes you're wearing, what shoes you're wearing, what, He's like, I don't care about that. I'm just, you know, let's just get him a t-shirt and polo. And <laughs> heck, I show up and my first, my first thing my assistant said, assi- assistant coach says is, Hey man, we got to get these guys some gear. We got to get all this gear. And I'm like, why? He's like, just trust me. And I get all this gear and all of a sudden my whole team's flipping out. <laughs> it's just like, it's funny how just kids change. Yeah. Um, but you know, I, I, you know, is it, pre- do you feel pressure? Do you stress? Not really, because the best part is coach is still here. You know, he was able to stay on. Um, he works for the school. In fact, his building is about a stone throw away from my office. And we go out to breakfast once every couple of weeks and just talk about life and hoops. And I just know if I need anything, it's a very simple, uh, simple walk across the road. Um, but I think that's what he wanted, right? I think when you listen to him talk about, his ending of his career he'll tell you that my goal was always that i could just slip out the back door and no one would know now i i, I don't think that's possible i think yeah he, he can't slip out the back any door um without people knowing but i think his whole point was he prepped me for this transition to be almost seamless um and, and that's how i feel i really i feel like i feel like i'm ready i feel like uh, you know, I've been doing this a long time. He, I'll tell you this. I'm not sure there's an assistant coach that had more responsibility given to him than I did with him. And I think that's a testament to him. Um, I'm not sure how many head coaches would allow their top assistant to do as much 
as he let me do. And, and that, it, it, that's how I learned, you know, for the past seven years, that's how he was as a coach. When I was a player for coach, you know, as a point guard, as the leader of his team, there'd be often times where he would just say, Hey, what do you want to do? What do you see? What do you think? And then I would share my thoughts and he'd go, okay, let's do it. And I just think that that, that stuff that helped prepare me probably um, than anything else taking over for him. Well, what an honor to uh, be the first head coach following the great Jim Kessler. Yeah, you know, Coach Moore, there's a there's a couple other empty spots on that bench this year. Let's talk about a couple graduates. Logan Godfrey out of uh, Fort yep. Wayne, 19 points, nine rebounds. Uh, Logan was terrific. You know, Logan was not a, a super highly recruited player out of high school. He was from Fort Wayne. Um, in fact, he played on a really good high school team with with a few other really highly touted players. Uh, when we watched Logan, we said, man, this kid, he plays hard. He runs the floor. We like his build. And, you know, with post guys, I, I think sometimes if they're 6'8", 6'9", 6'10", and walk in a straight line, I mean, heck, who knows who's going to offer these kids. But I just kept thinking to myself, you know, there's something special about this kid. And when we went to see him, um, I saw one high school game around Christmas time, and I think he probably touched the ball five or six times total in the game. And I think in that game, he ended up with five offensive rebounds and 10 points because that's the only time he touched it. But he's just super efficient. He had a knack for the basketball. You know, for the longest time, he was up there in the top five or six in the country in rebounding. Um, it, it was awesome just to see him develop as a player from his freshman year. Didn't play a whole lot to then as a senior, you know, all-conference player, arguably one of the best post players in the conference. Um, and then now, obviously, with an opportunity – I just got a phone call last week um, about him getting a chance maybe to go over to Norway and continue his playing career, which is oh, pretty exciting. Fantastic. Yep. And then we had another senior last year graduate. I wanted to make sure I mentioned him, Tim Swanson. Tim didn't play a ton of minutes for us um, on the floor, but it is funny. You know, sometimes it sounds like coach speak, but the impact that Tim had, I will say this, I, I'm probably – as close or closer with with Tim Swanson than any player that I've ever had and to see him and his leadership um, you talk about a spiritual mentor for our guys um, in fact he he currently meets with one of our senior captains once a week uh, for lunch now and he doesn't have to do that but just you, you see the investment that your kids continue to give back um, and that's what you want I think that's that's what a program is supposed to be like and, and I appreciate as much as Tim gave to us last year as well absolutely you know you've heard me say so many great student athletes in the NAI it's why I love the game getting to know these young men and their families it's it's really an honor we want to mention Swanson is from uh, Warsaw Indiana uh, yep, there's some gr great players out of Warsaw there very much uh, coach, we got a good one in our league right now <laughs> yeah yeah there is last season then is over you're getting ready. You're getting ready to uh, take on, as we talked about, a tough league. But could you just talk a little bit about this journey to this head coaching job? I and mean, you've done a little bit of everything. I mean, obviously, you played there at Grace. You've assisted at a couple of very good schools there at Grace and at Mount Vernon. You actually played basketball in uh, Australia and had a very successful career. Can you just talk a little bit about your journey from? you know, Columbia City High School to now you're the head coach of your alma mater? Yeah, it is. Uh, it, 
it's interesting. I walked in the day after I got announced as head coach. Um, I walked into our local Martins. They got a great lunch, and I walk in, and I'm I'm not exaggerating. You would have thought that I had just either won the lottery or the amount of people that came up to me and just wanted to say congratulations, wanted to just shake your hand. And then I, I get home and I'm telling my wife, holy cow, this is happening. Like it, this is, <laughs> this came true. You know, those moments you're prepared for them, but like you don't really, you don't really know what's happened until all of a sudden you're like, wow, it's here. Um, the moment I knew I wanted to be a coach for a long time. In fact, my high school career, I was able to be on a, a really successful high school team, um, made it to the state finals as a senior, um, actually lost that state finals game to two guys that you'll know. Uh, Greg Oden was the number one pick in the draft mm-hmm. um, years ago, and then his point guard, Mike Conley, is still playing, obviously, today, has a has had a great NBA career. But um, when I was in high school, I, I knew, man, this is what I want to do. I want to be a coach. Um, I, had, I wanted to be a high school coach. I, I was a history fan, social studies fan, um, I, I went to college and it was then probably about my sophomore year, just being around coach. And I remember my sophomore year was probably the biggest transformation that I had as a young man and really started to kind of come into my own a little bit as far as who I was, what I believed in, what I thought, um, you know, mom and dad aren't here anymore. Right. So they're not telling you to, to do this or wake up or go to class. Like you got to grow up. And I love that, that age group. And I remember just thinking like, man, I love this man, Jim Kessler. And he meant so much to me. And I think it was such a cool age that at some point I thought, maybe I want to be a college coach. And then I had some opportunities. Mark and I went and played right away. We had a chance to go to um, China for a little bit. And then we went over to Australia. And then my older brother, actually had got the head coaching job at Mount Vernon Nazarene. So when we had got back from Australia, I thought, you know what, if, if there's a time that I'm going to see if this is what I want to do, man, what better time than this? So I was able to join my brother's staff as an assistant. And those three years were huge for me. Those three years, I think, were vital in just trying to figure out, man, what am I doing? In fact, I remember going into my older brother's office day one and saying, all right, what do I do? And remember, this is this is my older brother's first head coaching job at the collegiate level. And he looks at me and goes, dude, you're just going to have to figure it out. Because <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. I sure as heck don't have time to tell you what you need to do. You just have to figure it out. And that's what I did. I spent three years. I was probably not good. Um but I was just figuring it out, you know, making phone calls, getting in in the car. I laugh. I tell this story. My first, my first scouting job, and, and film today, guys are gonna make fun of me for doing this because it's almost idiotic what I did. We played an opening game against a team that was playing an exhibition game down south, and it was five hours away from Mount Vernon. Okay. Yeah. And I told my brother. I got the scout of this game, but I can't get any film on him. I have to go to this exhibition game. I got in a car, drove five hours <laughs> to take handwritten notes of this this exhibition game 
to make sure that we had a scattering report to give our guys the next the next week. And when I got back, I, I can't tell you, I loved every second of it. I know that sounds crazy, but that day was the day that I knew this is the profession that I wanted to get into. You know, it, it to this day, I, I laugh. It might be the best scatter report that I've actually ever done. <laughs> now I'm not, I've, I've, I've got smarter since then, right? I, I'm not getting in a car and going five hours away. I, I can heck watch online and then get the film about 10 minutes later. Um, and then press rewind and, you know, draw things, but it's, uh, it, yeah, it, that's when I, that's when I kind of decided, you know what, I want to do this. This is good for me. And then just seeing, man, seeing the impact that you can have on these guys, it's just like, it's incredible. And then having an opportunity to get back with coach, you know, three oh, years yeah. ago or three years after I was at Mount Vernon, uh, I, I was, I was ready to hang it up. Honestly, I had met a uh, young lady when I got back from playing and our relationship who uh, is my wife. Now our relationship was growing. She was still living three and a half hours away from me. So I, we did the long distance thing. And I just, I remember going to Matt saying, you know what, I think this this is going to be the, the uh, last season that I'm going to be doing this. And this was at the end of the season, my third year there. For that, literally a day later, I got a phone call from a familiar voice, and it was Coach K. And I'll never forget that phone call. He, he just says, you know, Scott, what are you doing? And I said, well, like now or, or what? And he's like, no, 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 what are you doing next year? And I said, well – I actually, I think I'm coming back to Columbia city mm-hmm. and he goes, perfect. Um, I want you to come be my assistant. And I said, what have you talked to Matt? And I, he goes, no, I haven't spoken to your brother, um, in a while. And I go, I just told Matt that this was my last year in Mount Vernon. And so it's just funny how God kind of works things out. But he, he said, think about it. I thought about it for about five seconds called him back <laughs> and said, I'm in. Let's do it. And so that's where I've been the last seven years is just spending with him, learning from him. And it's been, I can't tell you how much these last seven years has meant. It's been an awesome journey. Well, I, I can just tell in your voice, it's been very special. It sounds like you're, it sounds like you're where you belong. You've played obviously college ball in the crossroads and you played in Australia. You've coached with your brother. You've coached with the great Jim Kessler. Tell us about your coaching philosophy. What can we expect from coach Moore's teams and how will they be different and how will they be the same as what fans have been used to there at Grace College yeah I think uh everything's a little different right I think that's what everybody also asks outside of hey how do you feel about you know filling in and replacing a legend Mm -hmm. they also say okay what are you going to do different and it's like well I I do have my own thoughts but again the best part about this whole thing like I said is we don't have to change the ship here. We don't have to redo our philosophy. It's the same. My philosophy from a basketball standpoint, I kind of pieced together the last 10 years. And that's the best part about this job is, you know, you get to take the good from everybody that you learn from and you don't have to take any of the bad. You can just save that for yourself. But I, I've learned under some great coaches. I've been around. I've got a lot of friends that have been in this profession that I just have a, a lot of respect for. There's a lot of guys in my league, um, you know, have been doing this for a long time that I have great respect for. I, I, I you know, I love, I love Coach Cottingham at Springer. I think they just they do things the right way. I have a good relationship with Coach Lacrosse um, at um, St. Francis. I, I, I really have grown to have a good relationship 
with uh, Coach Rone at Mount Vernon. I know I think you've had him on your podcast as well. Just a, a tremendous guy. You know, my philosophy over the last seven, eight years here, um, I think we can just break down to three main things. Um, if I put it down on paper, it would just simply read, love them, lead them, learn from them. I think you go back to the first part, love them. You know, I, one of my favorite quotes of all time, they don't care what you know until they know how much you care. And I think even today more than ever, these young men, they got to know how much you care about them before they're fully going to buy in and listen. You can, you can be the smartest coach in the world, but if they don't believe in you, they're not going to believe anything that you're saying. You got to love them. Second thing is you got to lead them. You know, that thing that I saw from Coach Kessler these last Heck, I've known him for the last 20 years of my life. You know, what an opportunity. Like I said, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22 years old. These kids, the time that they're in right now, they're kind of figuring life out. To not have an opportunity to be a part of their growth, uh, it is what it's about. You know, I tell them all the time when they're freshmen, boys, I've been here, I've sat, I've worn that same jersey. You can ask any of my kids that have gone, graduated, guys I played with, alumni, I guarantee you, you don't remember very many of these games. I promise. The games itself. And it's funny because that's all we seem to talk about when we're freshmen. You talk right. about the games. Can't wait to play the games. But, you know, I'm 34 years old. I'm not that far removed. I can't tell you a single game I ever played in, like, from start to finish. I remember moments. But the stuff you remember, and all these coaches have kind of touched, touched on this, is you remember those bus rides. You remember the trips you take. We had an opportunity to take our kids to France um, on a mission trip two years ago. And, you know, that that's all I hear about. We played one of the the junior national teams over there that's really, really good. You wouldn't even know we played any games because they never talk about that. They just talk about the experience they had together, you know, staying in families' homes that who can't speak English. And my guys can't speak French, so <laughs> you, can, you can understand how awkward that might have been for both parties. But – those are the things that, that matter the most. I think the opportunity we have to lead these young men to, again, like I said earlier, be great in their profession, be a great husband, at some point be a great father, be a great mentor. That's the second part of this philosophy. The third one is a little unique. I am a little bit younger. Um, learn from them. Man, oh, man, these kids today, they just, they'll teach you things if you listen. I think one thing that I learned from Coach, one thing people ask a lot is, how in the world did a guy stay in one place and coach and be successful for 42 years? Like, that's unheard of. And my answer to all that is, it's simple, guys. He was willing to evolve. No coach in America, I guarantee you, would evolve more than he would. He wanted to know what things were going on. He wanted to know how you, you know, how do these guys react to certain things. And he would do his best the right way to evolve with the changing times. And you can ask him, there's been times coach has been a full court guy. He's been a half court guy. He's been a press in your face. He's been a pack, you know, do this, do that. He has changed because he wants to be successful and he loves what he does. And I think we can learn from these kids. Um, times change, man. It's not, I mean, they go fast. A lot of these kids, they have a lot of opportunities. There's a lot of media stuff that, you know, they're looking down on, um, 
there's a lot of things still today mm-hmm. that I look at these kids and I go, man, I didn't even know that. That's crazy. So love them, lead them, learn from them. And then really we touch on this and this is, I know a lot of coaches, this sounds like coach speak too, but the wins and losses, those, those kind of just come and go. They take, they take care of themselves. You know, you look at spring Arbor and Ryan probably talked about this um, when he was on here, just the goal is to always win games. The purpose is not, that's not the purpose. The purpose is much greater than that. And, you know, spring Arbor's a team. Heck, I think last year preseason, we voted them sixth, seventh, eighth, something like that. And then next thing you know, they're cutting down the nets. Um, So as long as you do things the right way, um, I know people know you for your win-loss record, but when you get an invitation to a wedding, it's not going to have your record on there. It's going to say, Coach, please attend my wedding. Coach, please come see my – you know, kids baptism, like those, those are what we call those eternal paychecks. And that's what means the most, I think. Oh, that's great stuff, coach. Uh, We're going to take just a quick break and we'll be back in a moment to talk about this year's version of Grace College Lancers. We're back with coach Scott Moore. Welcome back, coach. Thank you very much. Well, the Grace College Lancers were picked eighth in the Crossroads League preseason coaches poll. And I'm assuming, Coach, that that's something you're going to definitely try to improve on because as I look at your group of starters, uh, I think you're going to be a, a bit more formidable than that. Why don't we just talk about some of, some of your returners? Let's start with uh, senior Charlie Warner out of Westfield, Indiana. Uh, he had 87 threes last year, 17 points per game. He's a one heck of a ball player, isn't he? He's terrific. I, You know what I love about Chuck is – he was not a highly, highly recruited kid, came in, and I'll tell you, I knew I knew when we had something special, we were playing at, let me make sure I get this correct, I believe it was St. Xavier, early on in the season in non-conference over in Illinois, and St. X always had a good basketball team, and this year was no, they were, I think, 15th or 16th in the country early on preseason when we got there, and we don't. We didn't play freshman a lot, but Chuck got in. I think there was some foul trouble, and Charlie got in late in the game, and it was close. It was. It was maybe we were down one or down two at the time, and he hit a big three in the corner that we took the lead, and then the next possession. This was late, maybe under a minute, minute and a half. We're transitioning, and he catches it on the left wing in transition, right in front of our bench, and takes a shot and just buries a three point to go up four or five and literally just in the game. And I looked at coach K and go, Holy cow, we may have got a good one. And it's <laughs> funny because every single year that kid has just gotten better and better and better. And, you know, people don't understand. I, I, I know I was, I'm bragging about my kids, but I, I really do think Charlie Warner is a kid. The national level needs to know about. There's a kid that shot 55% from two shot 48% from three, 51 in conference, and then also was a couple free throws off from 90%. My goodness. So you talk about, you know, the 50, 40, 90, we call it the 180. You're talking about a 55, 48, and then almost 90 free throw. I'm not sure there's 10 guys in the country at any level that are as good as that statistically. That's amazing. So 
he uh, he's getting better. You know, he's long. He's a six five swing. Um, my favorite thing about Chuck is is he just we, we've we've had him play point guard. We've had him play our four. I think you just tell Charlie what you need him to do, and he's going to go do it. I really do. I'm glad we're doing this podcast. I think it is. He is a kid. I think the country needs to know a little bit about. If you watch him play, um, you know, there's some guys in our league. Obviously, every team would want. Everybody wants a Kyle Mangus. Everybody wants a Travion Cruz. Everybody, those guys are really good players. Jevin Knox, Charlie Warner's in that conversation. You talk about our coaches in the league, and they'll go, "Man, if we just had Charlie Warner, if we had Charlie Warner." And I said, "Well, I'm not giving him to you. If you got one more year, but uh, tremendous. Really looking forward to a huge senior campaign. We're going to lean on him quite a bit, and then team him with a junior, Hayden Deaton. He's out of Lafayette, Indiana." 63 threes last year but averaged 19 points a game yeah he uh he came on really nicely um you know Deaton's no no he doesn't shy away from any of the big moments he played in the state finals as well in fact was in the state finals against Romeo Langford in New Albany his junior year in high school um so a successful high school player has been great for us again getting better every year sophomore campaign with Jennings being out uh one of our guards he really took it on himself to uh, we asked him to score a little bit more. Um, has become a really good three-point shooter, which he wasn't great in high school. Um, so it's been neat to see him evolve into that a little bit more. And now going into this junior year, um, you know, with other guys back, trying to just talk through. In fact, I just had breakfast with him this morning. You know, what are some other ways that you can provide to our team other than just scoring points? I mean, what else can you do? Because there's a lot of guys in the in the country that score 15 16 17 18 19 points a game but what else can you do what else equals win so his his thought process has been awesome both those guys actually are captains for us and then obviously we'll lean on quite a bit for both of them to uh, help load the scoring there you talked about uh high school greats there in indiana you have one a redshirt sophomore matt jennings out of logan sport uh indiana yeah it's uh it's been fun to have matty back he was a big time high school scorer big time high school player in fact his his sister had a had a really good career ended her career at butler university just graduated this last uh this past season uh whitney jennings uh, was miss basketball in indiana so good lineage through matt's family uh his all of his brothers all of his sisters his father was a really good high school basketball player um but you know not having matt last year was was really telling he's he's a six one guard he's really shifty very athletic. Uh, his freshman year, it was about maybe four or five games um, before we kind of turned the reins over to him. And I think he started every game after that. So it was a bumpy early first year, as, as you know, with most freshmen trying to figure out uh, the Crossroads League is much different than any high school game you're ever going to play in. You're going from playing 15, 16 year olds to all of a sudden 22 year old grown men who are a lot stronger than you are. But towards the end of his freshman year, he was really, really starting to piece together four, five, six games where you could tell, okay, we've got something special with this kid. Last year, ended ended up being a redshirt for us, uh, broke his foot, was out for the entire year, dealt with some plantar fasciitis as well. Um, but just having him back, you know, I, I, I laugh. We look at – I coach came and watched it the other day too, and we're looking and going, my goodness, we know what we had like there's no joke why he was one of our top recruits um so just to have him back he just changes who we are so again kind of that three-headed monster with those three guys uh they'll be pretty important for us for sure 
And you have several other returners who, you know, have a significant experience. You want to talk about some of them? Yeah, so uh, seniors, you know, Jarrett Sons, 6'7", um, yeah, a, a step-off kind of four-man. Jarrett's done a nice job just uh, getting himself in the weight room, um, getting stronger. You know, he's always been a good perimeter shooter. If you came and watched his play, uh, you could see that. But, again, kind of like talking through with Deaton, you know, what else can you do? So he spent a lot more time just trying to figure out how to be more of an inside-outside guy, kind of a dual threat for us, working on his footwork, um, got to get better defensively, but has really made a big stride. Um, I, I really think this is going to be Jarrett's best year, uh, and he'll be a big piece for us. Um, he's played quite a bit here the last couple of years, and so he'll be definitely one that we need to lean on. Um, a three-year starter for us that's back as well, senior Braxton Linville. Um, you know, nothing flashy about Braxton. He is what he is, but man, oh, man, does that kid just take care of the basketball. You know, I think he's probably the more – underappreciated guys on our team uh his assist to turnover ratio you look at it he is he is blowing our record book away and it's not even close i think last year he was close to you know upwards of almost three to one he's going to be in the top five of assist all time when he when he graduates so just having a guy like that for depth is going to be huge for us uh martin shealy is a is a six foot guard out of um gary indiana played at griffith high school was also um, made a big run in the high school tournament and just, uh, just a tremendous competitor. I think that's the story of my guys. You talked about the philosophy earlier, man, these guys just love to compete. And I can't tell you how great it is to have five seniors graduating. David Holden is the fifth one for us from Greenville, um, Illinois, uh, just a tremendous young man brings a lot of energy, <laughs> probably one of the uh, most light guys on our basketball team. He carries a lot of weight in the locker room and just does a tremendous job getting our guys where they need to be. Those five guys, you know, the last couple of years, we've only graduated two seniors, two seniors, two seniors. So to have five, you know this, you know, the best Oregon Tech teams, man, those guys, when they have three, four, five, six seniors, your team just looks different. Mm -hmm. I mean, the way they approach things, uh, they've been through it. They've been ups and downs. So, all five of those guys, um, you know, will be on the floor. Um, juniors, we have a six, seven, six, eight. I guess you could say. Um, big kid from Northfield, Indiana, Cody Holmes has got some experience. So he'll be in the rotation um, as well for us inside. He's done a nice job just getting his body ready to play. Um, and then Eddie Gill, sophomore. Eddie started for us as a freshman was from uh, Carmel. We talked a little bit uh, prior to this. Carmel is kind of that powerhouse high school, you know, in Indiana. Right. Um, in fact, there's a few kids from Carmel playing in our league. But Eddie is – Eddie's got a chance. He, he could be one of, if not the best defensive player in the country. Um, he is an elite athlete. He is uh, the son of former uh, Pacers guard uh, Eddie Gill Sr. Um, so a great pedigree through his family. Um, Eddie has had a great summer. Uh, like I said, he started for us last year, the last maybe 20 games or so of the season. And, uh, we really, we're going to lean on him quite a bit night in and night out. He's going to be put up against the best player on the other team. And, uh, what I love about him is he's probably one of the most competitive kids that I've ever coached. Um, and then some freshmen, we've got some guys coming in. That's the best part is, you know, you want to have upperclassmen, and I think our job in coaching, coaching is to tell these guys, look, I, I'm going to try to recruit guys that are going to take your spot. 
and you have to make my job impossible. So we've got five guys coming in. We've got two uh, brothers from Plainfield, Indiana, uh, near Indianapolis. They're actually triplets, two of triplets, six, five kind of swing guards. Uh, they can handle the ball. They can rebound. They can play inside, outside. We actually have the homeschool national player of the year. Uh, Miles Johnson is from Indianapolis as well. Six, six, kind of a wing, tremendous player, tremendous athlete. Uh, it's not going to take him long before he kind of finds a role. I think early on here, we have a young man by the name of Hank Smith. Hank is a six foot shooting guard up North here of school uh, in Elkhart. He actually is the brother of one of my former players who was on our final four team. And there, there's like 58 kids in that family, I think. And you can tell that he has older brothers and older sisters because that kid is as competitive as anyone I've been around. And it looks like there was food on the table. And if you didn't fight for it, you weren't going to eat. Um, and that's how he plays. That's how he practices. He's just like his older brother. He's tremendous. He's going to be a really nice player. And then we did get a kind of a surprise. We had a, a young man. Um, I, I don't have time to go into the story, but a young man that showed up at our school from Indianapolis, played at Broad Ripple High School, which is now closed down in Indianapolis. He's six seven, six eight, uh, kind of a inside outside post player. Had quite a quite a bit of offers to play basketball um, at a much higher level. Uh, fell through the cracks a little bit. Ended up working last year. Did not go to school. And we got him enrolled at Grace. Uh, name's Caleb Brown. He is—he's uh, going to be special. He is—he's uh, a young man that's full of talent. I think part of it was just getting his conditioning, you know, back for not playing for a while. Getting the ball in your hands, just getting that feel. But man, out of everybody, he has obviously made the biggest jump for these first six weeks or so, just because you know he hadn't played in in a while so he's a guy that I, I i would be i'm excited to see where he's at in january and february as opposed to just right now so coach you have a great core group you have uh, some uh, terrific supporting cast can you finish this sentence we will be competitive in the crossroads league as long as we don't have our head coach screw it up <laughs> <laughs> uh as long as we I, you know what tough question right I, I used to be big on like let's compare my team how how are we going to do in the league how are we going to do and I just got to a point where man I had some teams that were not as good as I thought they were going to be and then I had some teams that were way better than I thought they were going to be and I think what we do is we're in a comparative world right we always want to stack up against who how does this team look what does that player look like and I know this, and Coach Kessler would tell you the same thing. My basketball team this year is significantly better than my basketball team last year. Where that puts us in the conference, I cannot tell you. We could finish worse. We could finish first. I just know we're significantly better. So, obviously, certain things come into play. Got to be healthy. Your younger kids got to grow quick. They got to figure it out. Your seniors, you know, um, your seniors got to lead. Um, and sometimes – you got to get some breaks, you know, in our league, just like the cascade, you're, you're playing games every night where underneath two minutes, it's two possession game. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I can use spring Arbor, for example, last year, my guys did not finish those basketball games and we were right there in a lot of games, but you'll see a lot of losses because we didn't finish. And it, it sounds good to say, Hey, you're in every game, but boys, you don't get, you know, the almost trophy. 
and Spring Arbor, same thing. They had a couple balls kind of fall their way. They gained some confidence. They've got really good basketball players. They've got really good coaches. And then all of a sudden, there's that belief, right? Like, hey, you know, there's two minutes to go in the game. Fellas, we're winning this game. And next thing you know, they're playing for a national championship and took it home. And, you know, I, I do get a little bit annoyed. I'm not going to lie to you when people say, hey, uh, well, Spring Arbor won it. We Anybody can win it. And it's like, um, okay, well, you do realize, like, they got some dudes, okay? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Coach Cottingham has been – a great basketball coach for 20 years plus at Spring Arbor. His assistant coach Baum is as good as anyone in the country. So I, that does annoy me a little bit when people say, Hey, look, they won it. So can we, it just goes to show you again, how great our league is where, you know, you can win this thing, or if you don't get enough breaks, you can finish last and you're not playing in the conference tournament. So Again, it's fun. It's exciting. Being a basketball coach is really easy right now because I'm undefeated. So <laughs> maybe we can jump on here later on in the year and we'll see how, uh, see how, see how this thing goes. Oh, I hope so. I, I appreciate that offer. You know, Coach, I say it all the time. You know, everybody out there in Winona Lake, Indiana, anywhere in the Crossroads League, any, any town that has an NAI school, you need, oh, to get out and, you need to get out here and watch this basketball this Show is up. NAI basketball is the most underrated basketball in the nation. It's the best entertainment value in America. A seat, a seat cost it depends on the school. So, you know, six to eight bucks. Lots of times they're double headers with the women. You're going to be in, you're going to be entertained all winter. And the longer you go and watch, the more you're going to get into it. And even if your team has a sub 500 season, you're going to see terrific basketball with the teams that come through. Support no these student athletes. They're playing for the love of the game. No question. And I'll take you, I'll tell you what, I'll take it one further. Anyone who's listening to this or anything, my email is moresd at grace.edu. Anyone who ever wants to come to a practice, if they want to see our gymnasium, I feel like we've got the best gym in the country at small college level anyone who wants to come to a game you send me an email you're always welcome we'll see what we can do to take care of you but i really do appreciate just having you on thank you so much for what you're doing for small college basketball you know i tell people constantly the skill level between us between the cascade between the WAC, between the g-pack and the high high division one level there is none i mean you talk about basketball skill you know, I, I truly believe Charlie Warner is as good as any shooter at any team in, in the country at any level. You know, the difference is going to be a couple inches, a lot more athleticism, yep. length. But if you want great college basketball, man, you nailed it. Every conference in America, and we're getting ready to go to that one division, so it's even going to be better. Um, man, get to a local game. I guarantee you if you go once, you're going to go twice. Oh, absolutely. It's terrific basketball. I've been around, I've been watching it for 53 years and I planned my whole winter around it. That was the agreement my wife had to, had to accept before we got married. And, and hey, she's man, a saint. You don't, you don't know this. Uh, the hustling owls ended my career. I want you to know that. <laughs> so uh, this is the last time we're going to speak friendly because, uh, Danny miles and company, and um, I, I I can't I want to make sure I pronounce his name right. Is it Fiji Ryan Fiji? Yeah, Ryan Fiji. Yeah. Man, that cat, he dislocated his knee yes. at the beginning of the national tournament, <laughs> and that thing, I don't know how I got it back in, but 
he can I, he probably dropped 40 on me i can't remember but man oh man was that a special team and, yeah he finished and, that tournament with a dislocated knee uh, great ball player i actually uh i was i was actually friends with his dad in high school and he had a brother uh ryan had a brother eric who played over at what was western baptist at the time which is is now corbin and he was player of the year over there yep uh, that Fiji family is quite the basketball Gosh. family unbelievable but now a terrific school um again cascade's always a great conference obviously in the northwest if you're around man check out those games hey coach thank you so much for your time uh we'll Absolutely. talk more as the season gets going uh best wishes to your team stay healthy and uh we'll talk soon thank you very much coach scott moore out of grace college thanks so much god bless we'd like to remind you this podcast is exclusively owned by cascade hoops talk it may not be used in portion or entirety without exclusive written permission from Cascade Hoops Talk. Thank you for listening.